0: Hello and welcome to the Live Streamer Backstage podcast. I'm Alec Johnson and this is a weekly show where I interview fellow live streamers to understand how they are using live streaming as a tool in their business and to discover the gear and tech that they're using to produce great live shows. My guest today is James Hicks, an engineering technologist, creative entrepreneur, thought leader, content creator, and advocate. I asked him on the show because I think there is a fascinating conversation to be had around the explosion of live streaming in recent years. Largely driven by the technology in terms of the software, the hardware, the platforms that make it all so accessible. To the masses this of course coupled with the recent global pandemic that some of you may have been aware of (laughs) and uh, this is all obviously forced uh, businesses to move sometimes their entire operations online and uh, this is uh, no doubt also driven these technological advances so i can think of no better person to have this conversation with than james given his vast experience of working with and serving individuals and organizations providing technology insights and consulting services through hicks new media James is extremely well connected and certainly has his finger on the pulse of what is going on in the tech space. I'm really looking forward to this conversation. So without further ado, let's welcome Mr. James Hicks. Hey James, thank you for being here. How are you doing today? Mr.
1: Mr. Hold on, Mr. Alec Johnson, let's talk about that intro. Who who is, man, I'm I'm gonna (laughs) record that myself and use that as kind of a a sizzle reel for me. Man, I appreciate you for having me on your, on your show live streamer backstage. This is an honor.
0: Oh, thank you so much for, for being here. Like I say, I can think of no uh, better person to have this uh, conversation with. And we both like to, to, to geek out about these things, I know. <laughs> yes, we do,
1: uh-huh. yes, we do.
0: So uh, yeah, I do want to get into the sort of the tech side of things and, uh, uh, and the platforms and the, the gear and so on, but, uh, but first of all, perhaps you can tell us a little bit more about uh, sort of your origin story, really. You know, how did you get into uh, the world of uh, live streaming and what, what's brought you to this place?
1: Wow. Okay. So I'm glad you boiled it down to live streaming as opposed to just technology, right? (laughs) We could be here for hours talking about that. But I, I tell the story of if there was any blessing of the pandemic, for me, it was the fact that it allowed me to really pause and really to lock in to, as my mantra for the year, focus. It allowed me to focus on what mattered to the community I was looking to serve. I was doing a lot of blogging. I was in. I was in the word. I've been in WordPress for decades, so I, I know that platform quite a bit well. I, I love to write. That was serving me well, and that was serving my community well. I started dabbling in podcasting, audio podcasting, quite a while ago as well. Didn't see the uh, attraction uh, as fast as I wanted to, to be honest with you, because it, it was such a, a splintered uh, field at at a particular time when I, when I got in, but. Again, the the blessing of COVID allowing me to stop and pause and think and and really focus and lock in. Video allowed me to tell the stories and have others tell their stories and have that extra energy piece. As you see, I talk with my hands. Mm-hmm. I'm very very dramatic and and very emotional and things of like that. And you can't see that. Sure. If it's just text, mm-hmm. you can't see that. You can hear the intonations in the voice and things of that nature from an audio side. But man, when you throw video on, when you press record and when you turn lights on and you put a microphone in front of someone, then you get the that full three-dimensional aspect of a conversation and you can really pivot and dialogue off of body language, right? You can see if I'm really engaged in particular statements that we're talking about. So I really fell in love with that from the very beginning. I've always been pretty decent at allowing folks to tell their story. So coming on my shows and allowing them to talk about what matters to them. Always, uh, always, I love always love to hear people say I, they don't have anything interesting to talk about. Uh, <laughs> Give me fifty minutes with you on on a on a show, right? And I'm sure we'll find something interesting that you have to talk about. So, so again, just really being able to uh, lock in, do video, find the the value, and find the the intention that folks are looking to share and, and have those conversations. That's really where I got into the video side a couple of years ago. Again, when we were locked down, just because I saw that there was a need within my community to have more of those in-depth types of conversation
0: so mm-hmm. and you make a point there about the, uh, the the podcasting. i've always felt like i mean i'm, I'm a big listener of podcasts uh but i mm-hmm. know that from the uh, the, the creator side you know you don't necessarily have that sort of connection one of the things that that i love just to sort of echo your point about uh, live streaming is the fact that you're getting instant feedback on a live stream you know more so even yes. the, the videos you get comments and things like that on videos that trickle in over time <laughs> uh, but when you're having a, a live stream and you can actually just have that sort of uh that real in-depth conversation with uh with yes. these people it's uh yeah it's a, a different level really um love you can it, a love a, and, and
1: you and you can't and you can't you can't uh you can't fake the the reactions right i That's mean it. you you can't put up a veil and say this is not the true you or the true me you're looking into my eyes right now and you can tell that i'm completely 100 percent locked in and sincere about this conversation that we're having uh-huh. and if i was just doing recording an audio podcast I could, i could be laying in my bed or something <laughs> yeah yeah only giving you 10 percent instead of this 100 percent. i'm trying to give you 100 percent today mr johnson i'm uh, trying to give it to I you i appreciate
0: that <laughs> um perhaps you could just i know we've just sort of focused on just the live streaming perhaps you could just give us a bit more about your uh your sort of general tech background as well though without um uh yeah i know this could be a whole another it's conversation but yeah I'd, no it's,
1: it's, it's all good uh-huh. uh uh Started really mainly in enterprise technology, my professional career uh, in the telecom industry. So, uh, GTE Data Systems, I've been started there really as my first job out of college. Uh, initially, my focus was on management information systems programming. I was not a fan of COBOL, I was not a fan of MVS JCL, so I got out of that and then really started going into system administration, system engineering, and system uh, architecture. Right. From uh, designing systems and designing solutions, so I went. I spent twenty years at HP. Mm-hmm. Uh, I spent ten years at Apple, and uh, about five and a half years as far at at Dell Technologies. So always within that Silicon Valley area with those larger organizations, because those are really the ones I feel that have their their finger on the pulse of what's going on, and it kind of resonates out to all the other ancillary mm-hmm. uh, organizations as well. So. Hardware providers, software providers, uh, solutions, things of that nature. So I've I've kind of stayed within that realm, being the HPs, the Apples, and the Dells, so I can have a pulse on what's going on at the macro level. So not not just kind of a a niche uh, organization, but being able to do hardware, software, networking, Mm -hmm. data protection, things of that nature. So, yeah, it's been a long journey. How how, That's 20, 30, goodness gracious, 35 plus years. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, so something like that. Yeah, I've been in the enterprise technology field.
0: Well, that's, that's why you're the ideal person to be having this conversation with. Because <laughs> I always do feel like whenever something comes up, it seems like you, uh, you've either met somebody before or connected with somebody. You know, when different names are thrown out there, that's, uh, <laughs> yeah, you've got to, got all the experience. The, the Rolodex
1: is, is, is long and wide <laughs> for sure. Yeah, the yep. Rolodex. And I probably dated myself using the term Rolodex, right? Youngsters don't know what in the world that is. Phone book, no.
0: I just want to take a moment to talk about Ecamm Live. This is the live production Mac software that we're using to live stream and record this podcast. In my opinion, it is the best live streaming and recording software on the market today. So what exactly does it do? Well, essentially, it allows you to control the content that you're including in your video, be it a live stream or a recorded video. And you do this by building out different scenes that contain the content that you want to show. This content may be a feed from your camera or indeed multiple cameras, or you may be sharing a screen, which is what I do a lot of in my tutorial style videos that I make for my Take One Tech YouTube channel. You can share the screen from a second computer or maybe even a gaming console if you are a live streaming gamer. And just as we are doing in this podcast, you can also bring in guests using Ecamm Live's built-in interview mode where guests can join from a browser and you can then incorporate their video and audio into your production. Finally, you can add all kinds of additional graphical and animated overlay elements and even movies to really add a level of branded professionalism that would be hard to achieve in any other way. The real magic happens though when you hit that record or go live button because then you are able to seamlessly switch back and forth between all of the scenes that you've created. And indeed, this is how all of the videos have been created for my Take One Tech YouTube channel. And the reason it's called Take One Tech, by the way, is because all of the videos are made in one take with no edits. I just hit record, make the video, and as soon as I hit the end recording button, the file is there and ready to be uploaded straight to YouTube. What I love about eCam is not just the ease of use that it has when compared to other live streaming software but also the greater flexibility it gives in terms of layouts and designs that you can create for your shows when compared to some of the hardware streaming solutions and one thing that makes Ecamm great specifically for podcasts is the fact that it has the ability to record isolated audio tracks so once we finish recording this podcast I'll have a separate audio file for me my guests and any other audio tracks that have been a part of the recording that makes the editing and repurposing of the content for the podcast so much more streamlined. It does have another little trick up its sleeve though and that is its virtual camera feature. This allows you to take the video output from Ecamm Live straight into communication apps like Zoom, Microsoft Teams, Discord and so on. This means that rather than just appearing in Zoom meetings with a regular camera feed you can now show up with all of the amazing production values that Ecamm Live gives you and deliver that straight into your Zoom meeting and trust me when you rock up to a Zoom meeting with Ecamm (laughs) the other participants will be truly amazed. So whether for Live streaming, recorded video content, or to level up your Zoom game, I highly recommend you give Ecamm Live a go. You can get a free trial by going to take one tech.io slash ecam. That's ecum, take one tech.io slash ecam. And of course you can find a link to that in the show notes as well. You will certainly not regret giving it a go. Now let's get back to the show. Perhaps we can talk then about like the uh the sort of changes that have happened. Obviously, with you know that the, the pandemic has driven so many people just well everyone really online uh, and that has been a big uh, sort of game changer in terms of people having to embrace live streaming. And by the way, when I t- call this the live streamer backstage podcast, I, I take live streaming to mean um, not just, you know, live streaming on YouTube and the way that uh, certain people in our community may think of it, uh, but also live streaming is, you know, running online workshops on Zoom, online uh, webinars, things like that, anything where you are mm. sort of sort of broadcasting. So uh, there has been, you know, a big sort of explosion of this sort of even pre-pandemic, obviously the the pandemic accelerated it. But I'm just interested to get your sort of uh, your sort of thoughts on that, and uh, and your thoughts on how you think things are going to change now that things are get returning back to normal, a certain level of normality after the uh, the pandemic. You know how how you see things sort of playing out from here with this. What 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 is normal? <laughs> well, yeah. Were we were we normal before? No. no. <laughs> uh,
1: again, we can pivot and go on a whole different direction. I, I like the distinction that you made, though. Right, that, that live streaming content creation is not just that one thing that you think about. Mm-hmm. Uh, from a from a YouTube perspective, from a micro content on Instagram or Snapchat or TikTok and things of that nature, but it, it's more of just presenting yourself, very similar to how folks have already done from a Zoom side, from a WebEx side, from a whatever go to meet from those aspects as well. Just just mm-hmm. having conversations with constituents and counterparts across the globe or across the across the room, and the need and the desire to really show up more, because again, we've been sitting at home for 700 plus days, unfortunately, I'm starting to come out of it now. But the fact that I can't just be sitting here with, with my sweats and, and, and a t-shirt and my sandals on, if I'm going to turn on this camera, I still need Alec like to know that I'm engaged, I'm fully prepared for whatever conversation that we had. So I still mm-hmm. need to be productive and I need, still need to show up. The fact that we're live streaming and we're doing it in video, there's so I'm going to say there's too many tools now, but there's so many tools out there that allow you to really level up that traditional uh, legacy appearance that you have had before, right? We we no longer will settle for 360p, 480p, lower resolution video, Mm
0: -hmm.
1: low quality audio. There is now such an open aspect of being able to have access to higher resolution video, higher quality audio, and different dynamics within our presentations as well, right? So Zoom has, has blossomed into more than just a video conferencing tool, right? You, you, mm-hmm. can, you can collaborate, you can share documents, you can do your presentations, you can have breakout rooms, you can do all these things that really allow you to have more enriching in-depth conversations and engagements with the folks on the other end of the phone. So if you don't prepare yourself for that, if you don't at least learn how to use those different aspects of those tools instead of just clicking on the Zoom look and saying, I'm here for the meeting. Mm -hmm. If you don't raise your awareness and raise your appearance, raise your uh, engagement up for those particular sessions, then you're really doing yourself a disservice, right? And then that can really be that uh, first impression, unfortunately, that folks will see to say, oh, you know, what, James really... He was there, but he wasn't there. He, we wish he was there a little bit better. Mm-hmm. And, you know, if, if you bring about that aspect with your audio, video, lighting quality and things of that nature, when you're having these sessions with folks, that really can can increase your uh, awareness. That, that can increase your subject matter expertise. Just, again, from mm-hmm. the mindset of the sure. person that you're talking to, right? Mm-hmm. Just, just by showing yeah. up and looking better and sounding better and just being better and, and, and doing all the things. That really can help with the perception yeah, right, totally. that folks have about you and the other person that's on the line. So I, I think it's um, it's a great time mm-hmm. for us as consumers, us as users of these different pieces of technology because we have the ability now to very cost effectively, I'm going to say, level up our appearance and level up our gaming when it comes to Audio and video conferencing and communications.
0: Mm-hmm. Uh, the the point you made there about the way you are perceived it is it's so true. If you're in a meeting and you see someone that's uh, there with all of the high quality video and audio, uh, they immediately almost command more respect in the in the virtual room than uh, somebody who turns up. You know, it's it's almost like someone turning up with a. Uh, you know a smart suit on compared to someone who rolls in with you know looking scruffy or something like that it's got that sort of same <laughs> I level. shaved
1: for you I shaved
0: I, I had a lot of salt <laughs> in the beer about uh, 3 hours ago I tell you what but to know I <laughs> uh, but the the other thing about um uh being on zoom is it is because of that it is a then a great sort of leveler really in terms of you know you the sort of swanky offices that people uh, people have or had uh, before were kind of, you know, statements of their the, the status of the company to a certain point. Whereas uh, when uh, people are not sort of seeing all of that, then it really is, you know, what sort of turns up in the little box that is uh, is the, the way you're putting yourself forward. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I totally, totally agree with all of that. Uh, you mentioned um, uh, productivity earlier as well. And I wonder, like, how people are seeing the sort of shift to get back to sort of in-person meetings and in-person events when they've uh, suddenly had this, uh, you know, two years, three years to have this realization that actually it's really quite cost effective to uh, to have people, you know, working, working remotely and not having to yeah. travel, you know, it's cut down on, uh, you know, business travel expenses and things like that. So I'm, I'm wondering how that's going to sort of pan out and...
1: Yeah, I mean, that that's real conversation as well, right? Because you, you think about expense, uh, budgets, you think about, you know, traveling, traveling and things of that nature. Now, from an enterprise, I'm, I'm a, with my enterprise hat on. From, mm-hmm. from that perspective, my day can actually start earlier, or maybe in later. And there can be less gaps in it, because I don't have to take in the commute time. Sure. I don't have to take in the time that I'm flying to another location or on a train or in, in traffic or something of that nature. I can just roll downstairs into the office, fire Mm -hmm. up the cameras and be ready to go. Now, there's pros and cons of that. But as long as you yourself are conscious in terms of blocking off your time to be as effective as possible, Mm -hmm. right? Don't necessarily necessarily say that you're available from 6 a.m. to 7 p.m. without taking the time throughout that day to block off uh, personal growth, uh, lunch, uh, just relaxation, things of that nature, right? Don't just make yourself completely available that entire time. So as long as you're conscious from, from that perspective, but you, many folks have found themselves more productive now that again some of those outlying aspects are no longer part of the schedule, the, the, the commute, the travel, the getting 100% dressed in a two or three piece suit things mm-hmm. of that nature, right? So, so that can be a good pro for, for me, it's kind of in between because I will still go, do laundry, I'll go cut grass. I, I will still do all these other things in between meetings,
0: mm-hmm.
1: uh, you know, multitasking and doing a whole lot of things. So it, it's good for me. It's good for my, for my mind and for my spirit to be able to do these things, take a, take a break from the hard uh, mental you know, fortitude and things like that of, of designing solutions or, or working on some something for, for a client or for a partner. But as long as you can, consciously understand what your mindset is. So as long as you can consciously take care of yourself first, again, because now that schedule has been elongated and folks will take advantage. I'm not talking, you know, I'm speaking to the choir here, right? Folks know that. Uh-huh. Folks will take advantage of you if you say you're available from 6 a.m. to 7 sure. p.m. If you don't block off specific times for you to regroup, re-engage, realign, refocus, whatever the case would be, do what you got to do to take care of you, that time could be uh taking advantage of so just make sure you take care of yourself first and foremost when when it comes to planning out the structure of your day if and if you're going to be an effective resource for others make sure you're an effective resource for yourself
0: uh, totally 100 percent agree with that it's, it's all too easy to be uh just on all the time and available so definitely i'm um, yeah, I'm with you all the way on their uh, time blocking there, and <laughs> being very conscious of that. So, like you know, when people book calls with me, there's specific hours of the day that it's available. And <laughs> although technically I do tend to work uh, quite a few hours a day, <laughs> I'm just have specific.
1: I know, down. I know what time it is right now for you, young man. So <laughs> I, I will not even say anything about that. I, I know what time it is in, in your neck of the woods.
0: So. <laughs> you were talking before Bless about you, young you, man. <laughs> you're just about to go off to uh, an event though uh, tomorrow and there is there is nothing that really compares to doing the the sort of in person events because you get all of the uh, the networking that comes along with that but i just wonder how um how you found that i mean there's so many people that i've met uh, well you, you being uh, uh, being one of them that i've met through uh, live streaming and uh, i feel like i've met you we haven't actually ever stood in the same well not even on the same continent <laughs> in, at the same time so uh, <laughs> but you still can build you know sort of meaningful connections over uh, you know through you know, live streaming in the, the sort of virtual space, if you like. And I just wonder what your thoughts are on that in terms of, um, I'm sure you prefer the in-person events, but how would you feel about the, uh, you know, the abilities to sort of replicate that on online with virtual events?
1: Yeah, that's a, that's a great, great question. Uh, as, as long as you put your 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 heart and your all effort into it, right, then it does not, regardless of being in, in person, that just means that I'm either, You know buying your dinner or buying your drinks or whatever the case may be because we're physically right there but having the engagement having the the connection Mm -hmm. that again Alec you you and I have had we've we've talked on camera off camera text messages emails and we've built that relationship we've built that friendship over time just by being able to collaborate with each other that's invaluable Mm -hmm. right those those are the things that again I hate saying this, but again, if there was any blessing of, of COVID, it was the fact that I got to meet people like like you during yeah. that particular time because we were uh, aligned to the same type of purpose and the same type of ecosystem. Um, I, I, I don't ever see, and I made the joke earlier about, you know, what is what is normal and will we ever get back to normal? I, I don't believe that we'll ever get back to a fully uh, all hands on deck everyone in Las Vegas or everyone in, in New Jersey or New York, you know, everyone at these events, as opposed yep. to not, them, them not being hybrid, mm-hmm. right? Just having the ability now to actually put on a quality uh, event where you will provide a, a virtual experience as well.
0: Mm-hmm. That
1: really resonates with a lot of folks again, because now they've gotten into the the groove, into the the, the feeling of being able to, Do multiple things at the exact same time and do them effectively. I don't have to fly to, I want to, I don't have to fly to Albany, New York for people of video. I can watch the virtual session as well and get the same kind of value out Mm -hmm. of the sessions. Yeah, I can still communicate with the folks who I'm going to miss that are physically there. I can talk to them offline on other channels and things of that nature, but I don't feel I'm necessarily missing anything because I am. I'm giving the opportunity of having an alternate means of receiving that content and that information. So hybrid, I think, is here to stay. A lot of larger, again, enterprise organizations are building that into their everyday uh, go-to-market strategies. A lot of companies have either closed uh, remote sales offices and remote engineering offices and remote uh, marketing offices, things of that nature. A lot of companies have said, you know what, you don't have to come back to a physical office. All you need is an internet connection and a phone. If you can do your job from the local coffee shop, let's get it done, right? So it, it just makes more sense now to be flexible in terms of what, what works for the individual employee. And I think, again, from an enterprise perspective, companies are seeing that.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And from an entrepreneur perspective, from a solopreneur perspective, from a small business perspective, they're seeing as well that I don't have to, they don't have to, Try to emulate the big boys out there, right? They they can actually provide value by still just being true to themselves and 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 offering different types of solutions. So again, those hybrid types of solutions. I don't have to physically book out an entire conference room at the Mandalay Bay. I can use uh, what is it? I can use Hopin or or Altercall or or some of these again virtual mm-hmm. uh, conference platforms, eCam, Streamyard, Evmux. Thing whatever, you, whatever you want to use, you can use these platforms and actually have a very dynamic, engaging and interesting session as well, hybrid and virtual.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think that's, uh, that's been such a, a great thing that everyone's now got all this infrastructure that they can, they can sort of leverage for those. It's one thing that just sprung to mind, actually, when you were talking about the virtual events, and uh, then becoming hybrid events is one of the sort of shining examples of that and how it's really sort of changed their approach is actually with apple someone i know that uh, <laughs> a company that we're both uh, very fond of and their um big announcements be watching them tomorrow. Some uh, things are happening tomorrow. I am th- not sure th- if th- you're th- aware th- of that. Little thing but, going on, well, yeah, hold yeah. on. It's already tomorrow
1: for you. That's it. So, I I
0: already know the news. I know no, so what no spoilers. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, that's it. where you are, it's already tomorrow where you are. Okay. <laughs> I'll
0: stop. Um, but they but they um they I mean they dramatically shifted the way that they did their entire announcements and now what they, you know, these really yes. heavily produced like almost cinematic um announcement things that they're, that they're doing these days are just on a complete another level. And that was totally brought about by, you know, not being able to be on stage in front of a load of people. And so, I mean, yeah. that's, that's just such a, a shining example of, of what, what you can do. And now they're just basically playing these to a studio audience. So uh, it's, it's quite phenomenal. Listen, I,
1: I was, I was in the room for one, mm. one time for one, one of those in-person Apple announcement sessions when I worked for the company. Right. Yeah, it was amazing. Listen, it, it amazing. It, it, it was a, a highlight of my uh, professional career at a particular time, because again, in the room, feeling all the buzz and, and, and yeah. all of that. But what they're doing now Right by by having like you say this more of a cinematic approach by having and us videographers us content creators can appreciate the fact that you know that you got you got Tim Cook up there and they've you got all these other executives they've got this B roll they've got all of this this other CGI they've got all of these aspects of mm-hmm. building out an experience yes yeah in, in this particular announcement that it's not just Steve Jobs or or Tim Cook or or anyone walking across the stage with, with a, with a keynote slide deck, there is a complete experience that shows time-lapse video that shows all kinds of different types of animation, all, all utilizing all the different emotions and feelings for someone as if they were at a movie. Mm-hmm. So you get all of those emotions and that is what, and they know this, Apple is master at this. That's what causes you to go and buy <laughs> that new iPhone 14 sure before it's even available. That's mm-hmm. what causes you to go out and pre-order. It. Oh, I got to have that, right? I got to have this Den Studio. Why? I, I don't know. Because they told me I did. They do, told me. Because it's the latest <laughs> thing. It's, it's better than the one that they had last year. Why? Because they evoked that emotion by by pulling in mm-hmm. all of those aspects of the the lights and, the, and the, uh, the conversations and what you can do with it and what you weren't able to do before and what you can do now. So all of those things are really for forward- Thinking and conscious in terms of how they deliver those sessions, and you you can't get that at a in person event. You're you're only you're only locked into the to the one principal who's on stage. But sure. when you have the cinematic experience from these virtual events that they're now providing, tomorrow's going to be amazing. Mm-hmm. It's, it's going. I'm gonna be locked in. I, I'm gonna be watching it at the airport before I fly out because I'm just gonna be locked in with credit card in hand because whatever <laughs> they're gonna announce, I'm gonna buy it. They they got me. I'm part of the cult of Mac. I will buy. It. Yeah.
0: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so speaking, uh, we, we, we're talking about Mac and, and gear stuff. What, what do you think has been the uh, the sort of, uh, I suppose, the biggest innovation in the past uh, few years to, that's that's really helped live streamers? I mean, either could be software, could be a bit of tech, or what? What do you think has had the, the biggest impact, or is there is there one thing that you can nail down?
1: Probably the biggest impact that I believe is higher quality audio. Creation at home, mm-hmm. right? Uh, b- being able to really dial in and have superior audio quality—not just a microphone, right? Mm-hmm. But but having these these audio mixers and having these processors and having these devices to where we can really make our voice resonate the way that we want to, and it may may not come out the way that it sounds. We we can we can change that. Mm-hmm. Uh, we and then we can ensure that we sound phenomenal. When it, when it comes to the content that we're creating, because at the end of the day, video is cool, and and we, we love video, but that's secondary. Man, if I don't sound right, sure, you're, you're gonna you're gonna you're gonna shut it off, right? If if you can't hear me clearly, and if I don't sound uh, resounding, if I don't sound encouraging, if I don't sound authoritative, things of that nature, right, you're, you're going getting a lackluster experience. So I, I really think that the ability to to create that audio experience has been one of the bigger things that have hit the content creation ecosystem within the last year and a half or so. All the other stuff is good too, but this Rodecaster Pro 2 right here. I'm
0: just looking at mine right now.
1: (laughs) Right. This, this, this thing right here in in the palm of our hand, in the Mm -hmm. palm of a, of a consumer's hands, as opposed to just being uh, at a, at a studio mixer engineers presence by having this right here and where I can control Multiple channels, multiple microphones, sound. Listen, I'm talking again, talking to the choir here. You, you know this thing right, but I really think that that's been one of the the biggest aspects that that has helped folks level up their experience of, of delivering quality content.
0: Uh huh. I'm with you all the way on that. <laughs> you know, you know what I think about the Rocaster Pro Two. It's um, yeah, it is definitely. it is a phenomenal bit of tech. I actually find the Rocaster Pro Two is kind of on the the cusp of something, which is um, it's it's so accessible. Um, but there is still a certain level of complexity to it. So I find that you know people who are um, you know asking for consultations and stuff like that. One of the biggest things is the Rodecaster because there's just some little bit that is just they can't quite figure out how to do one particular mm. uh, particular thing with it. So I think that that is it. I feel like it is at the sort of um, the, the the threshold of you know what is uh, uh, you know works for consumers you uh, you know using this sort of tech. It's uh, yeah, you it's,
1: know I, I would like it as the iPhone. Right uh-huh. I would apple it to Apple and the iPhone, and I would liken it to Apple taking out the headphone jack, uh, <laughs> right, thinking that they know what we know before thinking that they know what we need before we need it. Yes right? yeah, yeah. the r c p two is six months a- ahead of, I think what the average everyday consuming yep. content creator needs.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Roadcaster Pro one, the original OG, is perfect for ninety nine point five percent of the folks out here creating content. This new one, though, is just again is just a f- six months ahead of the curve in terms of the capability. Once we really figure out what uh, we want to do with it as creators, mm-hmm. and once Road starts rolling out more releases of the firmware, I'm, I'm sure, just like you, I'm on the, you're on a beta sure. version of the software, uh-huh. and it's only at 1.07. Yep, <laughs> version 1.07. One, once they get to a version 1.5 or version two, once they get to something like that there's just going to be so many capabilities and aspects that we can do with this thing that are, can't even fathom it at this particular point. Right. So again, I think it's just, was given to us before we thought we needed, but for those who invested in it, hold on to it. Don't, don't, don't sell it or anything of that nature. Hold on to what you got and, and just be ready for this next wave, this next evolution of this capabilities and functionality that they're going to be baking into this particular Piece of hardware, yeah. Man, the the space exciting. it's
0: got to, blo- to to grow is just um, is just yeah. um, amazing. I mean, it's actually sort of driven some of the things that I'm doing with my Discord. That whole thing of having the you know live stream, the backstage uh, area for the uh, the yeah. live streams, that is all made possible by the Rodecaster Pro Two, really, because I have them you know all on different channels. So I've got you on one channel, ecam uh, Discord on another channel, myself on another one, and being able to do that sort of cross mixing is uh yeah with mixed minus on all of them and potentially even have a zoom call going on as well it's it's just a phenomenal piece of tech so <laughs> totally.
1: so, so think about that right mm-hmm. so again this is what excites me about technology think about that you have been able to open up in a whole different niche a whole, a whole different lane of yep. your content creation journey by having this particular piece of hardware now your community is able to experience not only this feed but you have a back channel feed going with your community, where they're communicating and they're they're commenting and they're saying, you know, James looks crazy. He should have put a hat on. Oh, what, what? <laughs> you know, they're, they're talking bad about the old guy. Uh-huh. But but again, it brings out a whole nother level of engagement mm-hmm. with your particular community and allows you to level up your 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 messaging, mm-hmm. your authority with your community and your your your, your uh, content creation evolution things of that nature. And it's all within this box. And yes, yeah, it's, it's a little. You got to read the manual. It's not something that you can just yeah. fire on and then learn how to do. You actually have to read the manual to, to know how to do some of those things and know which channel to have the uh, device on. But just having that availability and having that ability to do so much more so fast, so quick, relatively easily, is amazing. It's, it's just astounding that we have that capability now. That, that It is typically in your ABC, NBC, CBS radio station and and listen man I, I gotta hear my little 10 by 10 office right now but uh
0: okay there you go <laughs> and that, that's what i'm sorry of, I, i'll there.
1: go i'll go on tangents like that right because i'm excited about all this stuff this is all good stuff
0: it, it's funny i spoke to um jp uh, high tech on the uh, the first episode yes. and we were talking about that and he had a background in uh, you know cinematography and broadcast and so on and it is mm-hmm. it is this thing of like you've just mentioned this is tech that uh, you know only a few years ago would have been uh, you know limited to people in you know expensive tv studios and places like that whereas now it's just available and that's kind of what i was alluding to in the the intro as well really it's it's the availability of all of this technology the hardware the software that has made this all just so accessible to everyone that is causing this you know anyone can go out and buy uh, you know a relatively inexpensive microphone a mixer a camera and then they can be uh, you know creating some amazing things and perhaps turning it around to the software i mean for me eCam has obviously been a huge enabler, shall we say, yeah. for what I'm I'm yeah. trying to do, but what's your thoughts on uh, software? I know you're a big eCam fan as well, but uh you know any other software or things like that that has had the same sort of effect as the the hardware that we've just talked about?
1: For delivering the content and for pushing it out, uh eCam is number 1. It it just is. There there's no I'll, I'll get I'll get hate mail, and, and you'll probably get some <laughs> some statements, and then in the comments, or whatever. But there's there's nothing that compares. There, there just isn't mm-hmm. Mac, PC, whatever the case may be. I, I've offered a lot of my PC users a Mac. I, I will send you a Mac Mini so you can make that switch over yeah. to, to Ecamm. Listen, it it just does everything that you needed to do. And with this next release that we're testing right now, that's in beta, that's hopefully will be out for general availability before the end of the year multi-streaming directly from within the platform. Come on now. It, it just, there's nothing out there that compares to it. There are other high quality platforms out there and, you know, we can talk about them if we want to, but again, they, they just, they each serve their purpose. Each platform serves a particular purpose, and whatever season of the journey that you're in for content creation, you may want to go with, uh, an EVMux, a StreamYard, a Vmix, a Melon, or yada, 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 all, all of those, they all serve BeLive, because we know some folks that are ambassadors mm-hmm. for them, so shouts out to them. But listen, each one of those platforms serves a purpose. They serve that purpose very well. But when you want to, and I, and I hate to say this, and, and I don't want to be disrespectful, but if you want to come over here and, and hang out with Varsity, if, if if you want to get off get off of the j v squad and if, if you want to come over here and and, and hang with, with with and do some real complex things in a very simplistic manner
0: mm-hmm.
1: right the the fact that we can move overlays that we can do scenes that we can bring in virtual cameras that we can bring in virtual mics the fact that we can do so much of a of the production from a handful of screens within our environment and it's and it's all built. Forward thinking from an Apple perspective, meaning that it's user-centric. Mm-hmm. And it's not meant to be overly complex. It's 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 built with the foreshadowing of being very Apple centric, Apple ecosystem-centric. So very simplistic and very easy to do. I don't want to use the word simplistic to think that it's for folks to think that it's dumbed down or leveled down or anything of that nature. It's just very intuitive in Mm -hmm. terms of the way that we can actually do things. Now, again, I I know a lot of the executives and a lot of the the, the top-notch folks at a lot of those other platforms that I use, again, I want to restate and reiterate those platforms do what they do for their particular audience and communities very well. If you want to do something a little more complex, something a little more unique and specific to you, as opposed to being Kind of locked into a framework or locked into a into a structure, that's where you go to something like a like a VMix or something like an like an eCam. So that eCam is number one for me from a software perspective. I also use a handful of apps, you know, really just from a product productivity perspective, keeping track of my like run of show and keeping track of all of my show notes and things of that. But you know, that's nothing tops eCam for me.
0: Mm-hmm. you mentioned i gotta though, think of something
1: else I always, I always
0: say ecamm i gotta come well, up with something else <laughs> it is it is though it does sort of shine above you know all of the it it the just, other stuff it just it. does what it does and it uh-huh. does
1: it so well i'm i'm sorry it just it does
0: you you mentioned about it um being being simple or, and then not simple but it 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 allows you to achieve really complex things in a very simple way um but there's a lot yeah. of um you know it's my background's in sort of design and engineering, and often the most elegant solutions to things um, have required, you know, a great deal of, you know, work, effort, and thought to go into it to actually create that, yeah. you know, really simplified version. You know, the simple formulas in mathematics have been, you know, months worth of, uh, uh, you know, derivation and thought have gone into actually whittling something down to its simplest form. And there's something that always I come back to with Ecamm that I think they've got a huge benefit in the fact that um, the massive development team behind it which is basically ken and glenn the, the twins <laughs> people think that they must have you know you know hundreds of developers working on this but it is just yeah, the two of them yeah. and i think that there's something that actually comes out of having that really uh sort of uh, i mean I, I i call them one person they're obviously two but having that real sort of focused um uh, a view on things where it's not sort of designed by committee. I'm just thinking about some other sort of similar, you know, desktop sop- software, some open source uh, options that there are on the market. They're very sort of fragmented in terms of um, uh, the actual way that you do things. So they don't yeah. have that same consistency. That's the challenge. So that's the challenge with OBS,
1: right? Yeah. Again, open mm-hmm. source, free, allows you, it's it's infinite. You, the possibilities are infinite. Yeah, yeah. But again, there there, there are pros and cons, to, just like we were talking about WordPress, right? Again, mm-hmm. being open source with OBS, there are pros and cons to being an open source project. No one essentially owns sure. the direction mm-hmm. of that project. And you just don't know where it's going to go one season to the other. Now, m- more than likely, it's going to continue to progress and, and move forward and go in the direction that the majority of the community wants to. But you do have to have some structure. Mm-hmm. You, you do have to have a roadmap. You do have to have kind of a steering committee or something that says, let's take in these feature requests and let's make sure that we work on these types of things. And I just, from an open source project perspective, that, that, you know, that just doesn't make me feel very comfortable mm-hmm. for something that I'm really banking a lot of my business and how I show up to my, community and to my clients and to my or- for my organization on. I I, I gotta have something that yeah, I'm paying a subscription for that actually I'm paying to make sure it continues to be evolved and innovated and and progressed on from a from a development perspective. That- that's just me. Not yep. tell anyone else what they should do, what they can't do. That's just how this 52 year old
0: minds works. Uh-huh. The other thing about OBS as well, of course, is that's cross platform as well. So with B- with it Mac and PC mm-hmm. and I often think that uh, when you've got anything that's cross-platform, you're basically getting the the worst of both worlds <laughs> rather than the best of it because you have to come that's down right. to that sort of lowest common denominator in in both of them. But you do, uh, yeah. yeah um, you mentioned before about telling people to, you know, you'll send them a Mac Mini to be able to use uh, eCam, uh, and that's I've got a Mac Mini sitting right here. Yeah, right.
1: M1 Mac Mini right here. Whoever wants, I, I put the I put the call and the request out on Facebook and on Twitter. The folks that responded back don't need it they can afford to buy a mac mini so I, i'm waiting for someone legitimately come up and say i i need i would like to have a mac mini and i will
0: bless them with this i'm,
1: I'm just sitting here
0: well there you go you've you've heard it here now <laughs> but it's, it's i mean i'll say that on the uh the, the zoom course that i do as well where if, if people really want to sort of level up their appearance on on zoom the best thing they can do is get a mac to run there even if they only use it to run their zoom calls and, and run mm-hmm. ecamm on it to be able to do those presentations so yeah, I think yeah. we we've uh, we're, we're both total Ecam fanboys. <laughs>
1: That's pretty. <true. laughs> Let me I'm going to drop a couple of other pieces of software cuz again, we are, I always lead with Ecam, but I mean, sure, sure. I'm not biased if you know if they were if they were, you know, a stock tradable company, I'd obviously be invested in, but uh, <laughs> but but they're not. <laughs> um, in the content creation ecosystem we've talked a lot about Canva.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Listen, Canva folks that are listening and watching Canva is the truth. Don't sleep on Canva. Uh, definitely take advantage of, of what that platform provides. There's another platform that has just come out called Simplified, which is close to what Canva offers, but it's just not there yet. It's, 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 it's got a lot of capabilities, a lot of functionality integrated around the uh, the, the, the platform. Simplified is another one to look at that, that, is, that is good. It's an A-minus. Canva Pro, not just regular Canva. Go and get that Pro. Go and spend that extra dollars and get Pro. Canva Pro is an A. Um, and then I also use a, an app platform called Fellow. Fellow allows me that, that's where I keep all of my show notes, all of my agenda. It, it That integrates with Zoom. That integra- integrates with uh, what's the Cisco one? Is that is that Go to uh, Meeting? Uh, yep. But, I think so, right? Mm-hmm. So it integrates with all of that and allows me to collaborate with guests that I may have on a show as well. So I keep a new running run of show in that for each particular stream that I have, and as I have different topics and I, as I want to do some web clippings and bring in articles and things of like that. That's what I have running right below my uh, program screen that shows me, oh, this is Alec Johnson. This this, and I type in this is his bio and these are the links, things of that nature. So Fellow is is another platform and app that I use. I like it because it's not just desktop. It's also a mobile app as well. So I can create and write ideas on my phone and they automatically sync to the web as well.
0: Oh, great. I'll have to to check that one. There we go. That's a bit of a, a bit of balance there, out from the uh, the. There e-cam we go, zone. right?
1: I, I can't just be one hundred percent ecam, you know. I'm not, <laughs> you know, I got pillows and everything. Oh my gosh, I got what, what else do I got?
0: All, all of my all of my mugs are all ecam right. mugs, it seems as well. All, all of
1: my mugs are too, pretty yeah, much. Yeah. You know,
0: <laughs> Golly. Well, let's have a little talk then about some uh, some hardware as well, because uh, yeah, I always like to yeah. get a, a little look behind the scenes, and we've talked about software and you know hardware solutions, but I do always like to uh, to have a little look at what's going on because. Uh, we can always see the, uh, the, the lovely backdrops that people have got, but, uh, we rarely see the actual, the tech that they're using to make everything actually <laughs> run perfectly. So, uh, so I'd love to have a little look at that. I can bring up a, uh, uh, an image of that, or if you want to share your screen, we can do it that way, but we've got this, I just have we to show can this shot. either
1: way. I'd say what, let, let me, let me do that. Uh, so folks can see, behind, did I pick up all my socks and everything? Yeah, I, I did pick up all of my socks and they're, they're not on the on the floor <laughs> so that is a uh insta 360 picture i took of the studio a few nights ago um one what did alec put
0: up just oh, now let me just put
1: that back uh, and it's mm-hmm. yeah and essentially i am in a command center here uh i <laughs> i can um <laughs> i probably couldn't compete with the local uh pbs station in terms of some of the, the infrastructure that i do have in this room but Listen, it, it all serves a purpose as well, right? First thing you see right now inside of me is this Dyson that's keeping the air blowing in here because it gets warm in here. But uh, my main system is the Apple Mac Studio that is running uh, all of the live streaming activity. That's running Ecamm, and that's running just all of the essentials that I need from from that perspective. So that's my primary driver. Uh, from a monitor, what I'm looking at perspective, those I've got a, so I've got, I've got two 35 inch LG monitors. I'm looking, the one you see in front of you is an LG and I've got another one off to the side. Uh, the LG is the, uh, the 4k monitor, which is my primary display to the side of that. I have, I have the Monty Weaver is, is how I call it. It's, <laughs> it's the, it's the Samsung 49 inch monitor. So yeah, I, I call it the Monty Weaver because I saw it on his stream and I said, I just got to have that. I don't, do I need it? Maybe, I don't know, but I, I got it. And I had 49 inches worth of goodness and that's right now it's trailing the show. It's watching it on the different platforms that we're streaming. So I've got a total of one, two, three monitors that are actually doing something active on any particular stream. I've got another system, the, another monitor that's connected to that Mac mini that I'm giving away to someone that really is just here for a screen. So, and, and I'll I'll show, I'll bring my phone up and show it to you in a minute. but. Uh, From what you can see here, microphone, Shure SM7B, the Michael Jackson uh, microphone, right? The one he recorded Thriller with. So I can't go wrong with that. Got that going. Got my iPad for primarily when I'm doing my Amazon live streams because you have to have an iOS device when you're doing Amazon live content. That's what that is. Uh, My stream deck, which is, again, a... Marvel of technology innovation it's more than hotkeys. It is more than a switcher. It is an amazing piece of productivity gear that everyone should have in their studio, in their office. So I've got the Elgato Stream Deck controlling all of the aspects. Below the desk, I've got the Elgato foot pedal as well, which I do use. Um, let's see. You can't see it, but the Roadcaster Pro, there we go, the Rodecaster Pro 2 right there, controlling all of the audio pieces. From a video perspective, my cameras, I'm all Sony, so I've got the Sony a7 IV full frame as my primary driver with the 20 millimeter prime lens that's given that that goodness that, that you're seeing on the stream right now. Hopefully, it's goodness, right? I'm, hopefully, that's a, that's a good picture, but I've got that. An alternate view, an alternate angle, I've got the Sony zve 10 with a... It's got the 16 millimeter on there. So that's got the Sigma 16 on that. And then this is my, I'm calling this my Tom Buck view. <laughs> this, is, <laughs> this is a Sony ZV-1 on a Ronin slider. And that is, again, providing just a different view, different aspect in terms of the content uh, availability that I'm providing to folks. You see the 50 inch screen behind me that I use really as a marketing Piece. So I have my uh, branding on that. Uh, what else? What else is is good to talk about? I've got some other infrastructure pieces here, right? I got my OWC uh, dr- external drive that, that houses all of my uh, content. So when I record, I send all of that data. All of the audio goes to the, the micro SD card in the back of the uh, RODECaster Pro. And then when I'm recording eCam, all of the data goes to my OWC. Uh, external drive, uh, lighting. Lighting is important. I've standardized on Godox. I've got two Godox ES45 uh, flat panels in front of me. So I've got, and and they're both pointed kind of at an angle, so they're bouncing off the wall, kind of resonating light off the wall. And then behind me, you can see I've got two of the. What are those, the TL60, Godox tl 60 so tubes. I've got two behind me. I thought I had four. Where's the other two? Oh, yeah. There's, I've got, <laughs> I, I don't know where they are, but yeah, I've got two others as well. Oh, there you are. Right, right there. There's, there's one right there. So mm-hmm. I've got two directly in the back and then two other places within the studio as well, providing additional practical lighting. And as you can see, some additional practical lighting back behind me as well. So... Um. Yeah. There, you know. There it is. And then my my flare. I'm not sure. I forgot what movie that came off of the the term flare. But uh, I've got my different pieces behind me. My on air sign. Mm-hmm. My my grid studio. So I've got the original iPhone.
0: Oh, and I've right, got right.
1: the iPhone five when they switch to the candy bar.
0: Uh-huh.
1: Very nice. I've got, I've got those framed and mounted as well here in the studio just to provide some additional context and color. And yes, the Ecamm pillow. Got to have the Ecamm pillow. <laughs> it's such a fantastic... There's, there's more, fantastic. but you know, those are, those are the main pieces, right? There, there's, there's more. I mean, I've, I've got my other boom arm and I've got another microphone. I've got the Lewitt LCT 440 for when I don't want to have a microphone in the shot. And I've got, honestly, another iPhone mounted up there from when I do my top-down shots when I'm doing unboxings things, and things of that nature. So
0: the lct uh 440 then so is that um do you not need to have that in in as close a proximity then i I would always imagine that you would have still need to be uh, fairly close but can you you have that out of the shots then can you or Uh,
1: yeah it's so it's a condenser mic as opposed to a dynamic as the sm7b so it can be a little bit further and i just i raise the gain up a little bit when i do that so yeah
0: right right it's a lovely looking microphone. That one is. <laughs> it is. It's, it is. It's, yeah, it's one of my favourites in terms of just the the overall sort of design of it. It just looks uh, looks fantastic. And in terms of uh, that, where you're at with your studio, then I mean, this is a bit of a foolish question, but is it done yet? <laughs> Have you got plans for further upgrades? I mean, you know, it's, it's never done, is it? But it's
1: <laughs> I am I am comfortable with where it is. Right. You know, I I am. I'm okay, to be honest with you. There, there is w- one of our colleagues in in the content creation world, and I won't mention his name, but because I don't want to talk bad about him, but he's got me thinking about another microphone. Mm-hmm. He's got me thinking about a Neumann, right? The Neumann microphone that I want, and my, I'm glad my wife isn't here. I hope to, I don't <laughs> know if she's gonna be watching. It. The, no, the Neumann microphone I want is two thousand dollars now. Do I need that? I don't know if I need that, but I sure. I, I tell you what, <laughs> <laughs> birthday is coming up here in in a few weeks. That I may have a have a Neumann microphone replacing this essence. I, I don't know, but yeah, for the most part, the the studio is done. I think I I may. Um, move off of some of these large displays to be honest with you and go with more of a consolidated approach so instead of this large 49 and these two large 35s i may actually go down to something more more ergonomic whereas I can easily look at like comments on one screen and, and all of the infrastructure for Ecamm on another as opposed to having to scan my eyes across mm-hmm. all of the time. So, so that, that may be the next evolution of the studio. But no, I'm, I'm okay for right now. It's, it's okay looking right pretty
0: now. close to perfect to me. <laughs> Thank you. Uh-huh. <laughs> uh, one of the things that um, I asked about when, um, you know, when, you, when you came on was uh, what's your favorite bit of tech? And uh, you mentioned the lemetric. And it's something that uh, yes. I've, I've seen that few few people have those, but I've yeah. and I know that you can you can put all sorts of information, you know, uh, YouTube subscribers, weather, and all that kind of stuff. But um, what is it that uh, that makes that your favorite bit of tech? And um, what what okay? What is, so I
1: said I've got too much I've got too much Boca running on my camera right now. Yeah, uh, but it's back there. Can you? Oh, geez, Get out of the way, James. So there there it is, right there, right. And again, it's just a desktop smartphone. Oh, speaking of clocks, did, I've got, did you see in the picture your clock? I told you I was going to buy your big face clock. Yeah. Yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah put, <laughs> put, 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 my picture back up. Let put put, put, that, put that photo of it. I've got your big face clock here. Uh, Alec has to just tell me one time to, to buy something and, I'm, and then I'm going to buy it. So, <laughs> yeah, I've got the gear. Uh, no, but the, the Lemetric again, it, it has, where, where's it at? Whoops. Uh, there it is right there underneath the, um, the large monitor. Yep. Yep. Yeah, that's right. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, yeah. So, so the Lometric is smart clock, Wi-Fi connected ties into my music as well. So my Apple or my Spotify and my Amazon, so I can either play music from that. Uh, but it also ties into my social presences. So as someone likes something on Facebook, on the page or on the brand page or the business page or the group, or if someone follows me on Twitter, someone becomes a subscriber on the YouTube channel. Uh, I think I've got, I don't know why I've got Twitch on there too, but I'm going to take that off. But in all those various social platforms as people engage and either like, or even dislike, they'll actually make an audible sound. Uh-huh. So I, I, I like that just that, um, that dopamine hit, to be honest with you, from, right, from right. that and and just having it there. I'm going for a goal and target of, of reaching 10,000 followers on on Twitter before the end of this calendar year. And every time I, I see that thing tick up one, two, three, four, five, however many people I say, I'm getting closer to that to that number. So I, I just love that just for, again, the gamification of the aspect and saying, you know what, there yeah. are that many people that like what you're doing, that are buying into the community that want to continue to hear what you're talking about and are either sharing that with, with their constituents. So that's, that's kind of that extra caffeine in the cup sometimes just to hear that thing tick off and say, yep, five more people subscribe to the channel or, or two more people like the post that you put out on the website.
0: So, yeah. I should definitely say then at this point, you can find uh, James's <laughs> Twitter handle in the, uh, in the description as well uh, and in the show notes. <laughs> we've, got a, we've got a goal to achieve here, folks.
1: <laughs> there it is, right?
0: One uh-huh. uh, of the other things that I always ask End, as well? end of the calendar
1: year, 10,000. I'll, I'll throw what, what, a party what, and, and what it's, it's going to be at Alex's house.
0: Well, <laughs> what are you up to now? How far, how far I, have we got to go?
1: I think I'm at uh, like 6,700. Ah, right, right. Like Good. we're like, like close to 67. So, you know, yeah. I'm, I'm doing the math and I, I got a couple of nice shows and streams and, and events coming up within the next couple of months. So
0: just might get there. Just Ooh. might
1: get there.
0: <laughs> Anyone listening or watching, yeah. hit the pause button and uh, go and do what you've got to do. <laughs> <laughs> and then come back. That's it. Right? Yeah. Then, yeah. Then come back. Don't, yeah, don't, yeah. don't, don't, forget, don't forget it. it. Yeah. And yeah. What, one Indeed. of the other things that I asked for as well is, um, is a book recommendation because I'm a big reader. I always like to, uh, uh, you know, learn from uh, what other people are 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 learning from as well. And the book you mentioned, um, uh, the Give First Economy. So uh, I listened to that uh, yesterday, and uh, I I loved it as well. Oh. But I'd love to hear your take on um, uh, on why that's had an impact on you, and 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 how, you know, from your content creation and point of view. I suppose in, in yeah. any aspect of life, really. I suppose.
1: Yeah, you know, uh, Kirby Hasselman, the the author uh, of the book, The Give First Economy, really just. Solidified and resonate what a lot of us in the content creation ecosystem and environment are, are already talking about, right? The fact that it's bigger than the individual, uh, it's bigger than me. It's bigger than just what I want. It's all about community and it's all about making sure that we show up every single time we turn these lights on, we press record. Every time that we show up, it's for the community that we're bri- We're bringing value that we're bringing something of usefulness. And we're really, from my perspective as well, wanting to rise above the noise, right? Wanting, wanting to bring something that, 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 that matters to to the folks that are giving us their most precious commodity, their time. And so the book really talks about doing business the right way by being locked in and, and attentive to what your consumers, your constituents, your, your sphere of influence has to say, right? You, you don't always have to do what they have to say, but you have to listen. Right? you can't be so close-minded to where as you 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 can't get out of your own way where again where you think it's all about you when you're not really serving yourself you're really serving those around you and your service you're serving the community so this book really it was a, it was a pretty pretty straightforward read a lot of common sense uh statements that were made in it but you know it really again made you made me stop and pause and say you know what that's right these are the things that matter making sure that every single time I Write a blog post every single time. I I put out a piece of micro content every single time. I do a stream that it's serving a purpose of the ones who are either paying me in time or paying me from a financial perspective to bring content to them. So it it um, yeah. I, I mean it's on Kindle. It's on audiobook. I think it's uh, hardback and paperback as well. I I got mine off of Audible because I have a, a subscription to Audible. But but yeah, it just it just hit all of the points that. I've been saying, I and a lot of folks around me, again, within this ecosystem have been saying that stay locked in on the community, make sure you're doing the best for them in the actions and, and you will succeed. Whatever your measure and whatever your mark of, of success is, just stay, stay focused on, on doing the best that you can for your community.
0: You mentioned something there about it being, uh, uh, you know, a lot of stuff in there is, is common sense. But one of the uh, things I actually wrote this down <laughs> from the the book was the greatest distance in the world is the distance between I know, and I do. So there's lots of things that we know that we should be doing, <laughs> but one, we're not it? actually yes. doing it. And it thought that is uh, that's really powerful. That is because <laughs> yeah, uh, there is so many of these things that we read and we think, well, I kind of know that. That's that's obvious. But it's like, oh, are we actually doing it? So mm-hmm. yeah, it's always good to have these uh, these reminders. So I love I love that.
1: <laughs> yes, it, it, and it just it, it's one of those reads like. Um, that you continue to read uh, every single time and you'll, you'll pick up a different nugget each each time. I, I've read it like, I think three times, to be honest with you. Well, I, I have the audio well so I've listened to it at least three times. But each time I'll pick up on something just a little bit extra and say, yep. OK, this is a good measure. This is a good marker to continue to keep doing the right thing mm-hmm. the right way to make sure that I'm serving the community. So. Yeah,
0: it's a great book. And um, perhaps uh, just as we're uh, nearly at the top of the hour, uh, have you got sort of one final bit of advice that you would like to uh, uh, sort of impart to uh, somebody who's maybe starting out in live streaming? I mean, this is a a podcast for live streamers by live streamers, but is there sort of one Mm. thing that you think could have really sort of advanced your uh, progress if you'd known about it sooner, perhaps?
1: Yeah, uh, don't try to do what someone who's been doing it for longer than you is doing Day one. <laughs> right right there, right? Do go at your own pace. Appreciate and understand the process and the journey. Right. Start with what you have. Don't try to get out there and don't try to get this SM7. Don't try to get this Roadcaster Pro 2. Don't try to get this A74. Day one. Listen, unless you can financially afford it unless you want to get it and unless you can take the time, as I said before, and read the manual so you can understand how to take advantage of the the tools and the capabilities of what you have. But everyone's walking around with one of these, right? Here's a thousand dollar 4k 60 resolution camera in your pocket right now. Everyone's got one of these. They may not have an iPhone, but again, you got, you got a, you got a Martin day smartphone that, that can do, they can shoot in 4k resolution. Start there. So if I had, and I say this all the time as well now, you can get out of my own way if i if I could have gotten out of my own way and not slowed my progress to the point where I thought that so much had to be in place before I could really start, I'd have started much earlier, and for folks who haven't started who are waiting till uh they get the logo they get the branding colors they get the hardware infrastructure they get the pitch down they get the niche down right some of those things you need to have obviously up front because you you want to tell your story and you want it to resonate with a particular community but don't worry about all of that ancillary stuff the content is what matters the most talk you bring you bring quality content the community will come and then you can bring on all of this, this these other as i'm calling ancillary pieces to it as well so get out of your own way don't pause, don't hesitate, just go out there and do because if you got a you've got a story and the world is waiting for you to tell that story.
0: Fant- yeah. Fantastic advice. Um, I've just noticed we've got a, a question come in on Amazon. So before we wrap up, I do want to just uh, address that. Somebody, uh, Richard from San Diego is asking, uh, is there a difference? Is, is there a different set of rules for doing business uh, with millennials versus boomers? And actually, it sort of ties in with uh, uh, the, the sort of live streaming aspect of things a little bit. I know this is more of a business question, but just in general, there is a sort of uh, uh, a different way of consuming content as well, I would say, at these yep. uh, different levels. I did a bit of a, uh, I'm always looking at the analytics of my, uh, my, <laughs> my videos. i you a, should. And I, I'm looking yeah. at um, the, the sort of age groups that I've got. And there is a definite spike in um, the sort of, for me, it's the, the sort of mid-30s to mid-40s is the, the, the highest number of people that are watching the content that I've got on YouTube. But actually, if you, um, if you just rank it by the percentage of my videos that they're watching, um, it's, it's a direct line going from the youngest to the oldest, the, uh, the older people watch more of a given vid- video, watch a higher percentage of a specific video. Yeah. So they're actually watching it all the way through. Whereas the, uh, uh, the younger they are, the more, you know, the, the sooner they're switching off and going on to the next thing, cause they need yeah. that sort of quick, <laughs> quick hit sort of thing.
1: Right. It's, it's that quick dopamine hit, right? 90 seconds. Right? And what, what is, is TikTok? No, not TikTok, but Instagram reels are 90 seconds. I, b- I believe at this yeah. particular point. So yeah.
0: Uh-huh. but I just wonder if you've got any uh, just since we've uh, we've had the, the the question have you got any insight on that in terms of uh, you know different di- different demographics and how have you noticed anything uh, different with uh, you know the people that you' you're, you're serving
1: yeah very similar right in, in terms of just the the uh attrition and in terms of the uh, retention of the content i I get more engagement from a sharing and collaboration perspective from the younger generation as opposed to the older uh, generation, but but correct, right? I've got my dynamic and, and my numbers show I've I've got a higher percentage of males watching mm-hmm. as opposed to to females, and I'm really trying to level that out. So trying trying to be cognizant and and bring on bring about more diversity from that perspective for from my audience, but I I do also see that that older folks more seasoned folks, I'm going to call them older folks, oh my goodness, you know, the, the boomers and <laughs> those folks uh, do tend to watch longer form content and they mm-hmm. will sit there and actually watch an hour long live stream as opposed to, again, the need it now social media uh, environment and, and, and age bracket where they're swiping every 90 seconds or every three minutes because they, they need to move on to that next thing. So that, that's where, again, we're building Content for both. Mm-hmm. That's why we're we're on TikTok. That's why we're on Snapchat. That's why we're making YouTube Shorts because again, you can create that quick hit mm-hmm. that really uh, capsulates all uh, as much of the information as you can in that quick shot, and then folks can either choose to watch more of that by going back to the channel or, or doing whatever. Uh, but again, they get uh, kind of a core piece of that information. My advice is to, it depends. If you're trying to serve both audiences, that you then you do you, you have to create both of those types of content. You do have to do the longer form, you do have to do some of the medium form, and you do and you do have to do that micro content with all the hashtags, with all the relevant topics and all of that, so you can garner the audience of those uh, that younger audience who they will see it. The younger audience tends to actually do more of the sharing. Right, because they'll, they'll tell someone. Oh, did you see what Alec was talking about the other day? Check this out too. So, so they'll see it if they can see within that thirty seconds, that sixty seconds that they like it, they'll tell their friends about it. But again, the the more seasoned demographic will just watch the entire bit. They'll do the like on Facebook or something of that nature, but it it, it may not necessarily grow. From, from that particular audience. But but again, you, you want to have a smattering of each of those demographics within your community so you can make sure that you're touching and reaching and having that dialogue with everyone. But because uh, they all matter, right? They all matter because there could be that time, maybe in a face-to-face conversation or a session where that old, older person, those more seasoned folks are, are talking to their peers and they say, oh, I was watching Alex show the other day and it was so cool. Uh, you should go check it out. That's the engagement, as opposed to that instant, just a an airdrop or an iMessage or something mm-hmm. that that the younger folks would do.
0: Yeah, great take.
1: So long answer short, <laughs> yes. <laughs> make content for make content for everyone that's in your community, uh-huh. regardless of the age and, and demographic, because um, you you never know who is going to share engage and and resonate with a particular mm. message even a snippet of that information they they, they may share that with their
0: with their counterparts yeah well so, you, you know that i'll be making a a short a TikTok and a, a reel just out of what you've just said as well so this it. is this is certainly all going to be uh, repurposed <laughs> so <laughs> yeah definitely. i'm gonna be all
1: over the internet folks you know uh-huh. thanks, thanks to alec johnson i'm gonna be all over the internet <laughs> oh my goodness
0: well trouble Thanks so much, James, for coming. I just want to be conscious of, uh, of your time that we're, uh, we're, we've overrun slightly past the uh, top of the hour. But uh, thanks so much for, uh, for coming on and sharing all of your, uh, your insights. Where is the, uh, the best place that uh, people can go and follow you? Obviously, uh, Twitter, first and foremost. Let's go and get, get the Twitter that. following. Gotta get that. <laughs> <laughs> but where else would you like to uh, sort of direct people to come and connect with you?
1: Let's see. I was, try- I was trying to see if the number flipped <laughs> over, but I-, I didn't hear it. I saw it. Saw- that was just a time. Uh, everything really lives at hicksnewmedia.com. That is the the hub for everything that has links to membership that has links to podcasts, uh, links to the YouTube site, links to my newsletter, links to being able to book me for any conversations and things of that nature. Uh, That right there is where the hub for all of my content lives and resides. So yeah, you can can definitely reach me there.
0: Great stuff. Well, yeah, a little,
1: little collaboration testimonials oh my goodness that's some good i stuff noticed there. i noticed yeah.
0: mr keith pelzer always nice to see uh, keith's face yeah just there up on the screen well,
1: well scroll scroll up look look at the one that's right next to next to one one of, uh right next to keith too so go, go back he when he recorded it he had a, a pause screen in it but go back and look at that that first one there
0: oh uh, yeah mr mr book oh the master himself <laughs> 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 everyone loves tom <laughs> well thanks so much for uh for coming on and obviously all of the uh, the links to everywhere you can find uh, james you'll find them in the description and in the uh, show notes for those listening to the podcast as well it's been uh, great chatting to you as always james it's uh, uh great to be on the uh, the other side of the the conversation as it were i've been uh, very honored to have been on your show a couple of times so uh, yeah great to great to speak to you in uh, and let you be the, the focus for a change <laughs> Awesome.
1: Thank you, sir. I appreciate it. This this is amazing. I, I like what you I like the evolution of what you're you're creating, right? You you are really doing you're doing it the right way. Right? You 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 have created master classes, you have created sessions, you have created streams. You you and, and you're you're going about it the way that should be copied. It it really, it really should be copied because what, what you're doing, you're, you're touching everyone as necessary, when necessary, where necessary. Right. So again, you're, you're, you're on YouTube, you're on LinkedIn, you're on Amazon live with the right content for those particular platforms. So I wanted to give you those flowers and say kudos to you, man, for, for what you're doing as well. This it's, it's been fun to watch the Alec Johnson that the take one tech, um, uh, of evolution in terms of content creation content delivery and just really community building as
0: well so oh well thank you thank you very much and uh, you know i'm i'm only copying other people as well so <laughs> we're all sort of learning and taking bits from uh, from other people yes. aren't we? so I, I really appreciate you saying that though james you've always been uh, a supporter and a uh, champion of what i'm doing so uh, yeah you know i've got a, a great deal of uh, gratitude and respect to you for all of that so thank you, sir. Thanks uh, once again. Uh, So thanks everyone for watching on the live stream. You can catch us live every Tuesday at uh, 7 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Uh, In the next episode, I'll be joined by Keely Dunn and we'll be talking, uh, as we were just talking about community, we'll be talking about building and serving a community on Discord. If you've uh, never heard of Discord before, then uh, you're in for a treat. And if you have heard of Discord, but think it's not for you, then uh, you'll definitely want to hear what Keely has to say on that. I personally resisted Discord for months, uh, but it turns out that I was wrong and hashtag Keely was right. <laughs> uh, setting, the take up, uh, setting up the uh, Take One Tech community on Discord was the best thing that I've done since starting Take One Tech. And I now feel that I have a much deeper connection with my audience uh, and this is fed directly back into my content. And it's all down to, as I say, setting up this community and Keely has been so instrumental in uh, showing me the light in that respect. So it's sure to be another insightful conversation as always. Uh, So you definitely want to uh, check that out. Uh, In the meantime, have a great week ahead uh, and we will see you all very soon.